0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green room the Bears Talk Underground presents club 34/7 be sure and join me come through and talk with me live all you need to do is download the Spotify Green room app free in the iOS or Android App Store create a profile link to your Twitter and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the, uh, on the app so that you'll know any time that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities. For interaction between me and you, my loyal audience, so be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, here we are. It is the deep dive preview episode, and uh, we'll be talking about we got news and notes. We have keys to the game uh, and everything, and uh, you know, lots to, to cover. We'll talk a bit more about Justin Fields being named the uh, the starter, um, which I was kind of floored to hear that decision coming from Matt Nagy on a Wednesday, I thought for sure he would uh, squeeze every last moment out of it and uh, announce it on Friday tomorrow or today, actually for most of you listening to this um, you know, when the injury designations and whatnot came out that uh, that would be when he would uh, finally go ahead and say it. But uh they went ahead and announced it on Wednesday, so very exciting. I know that we're all looking forward to this game on Sunday to see what uh, Justin Fields' led offense will look like, and I hope Matt Nagy uh, remembers uh, that because uh, he did not. He did not appear to alter the game plan at all for Justin Fields when he started the second half and finished the game as the quarterback. There were no outside, no rollouts, or you know, moving the pocket for him uh, or anything like that. So I'm hoping that we see a bit more of an offense tailored to our quarterback as opposed to what Nagy has failed to do his entire tenure in Chicago uh, find you know someone to play his offense the way he wants it uh, played so you would think that that's what they drafted Justin Fields for but we'll have to wait and see uh, on Sunday so let's go ahead and get started it is the deep dive preview for week number three of the Bears talk underground so let's get to it Thanks to this away home, away home schedule, our beloved are headed back out on the road this time to take on the Cleveland Browns, who uh, I envision to be one of the better teams in the NFL when it's all said and done in 2021. What's going on, everybody? Larity back. The week three deep dive preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And, uh, you know, we had a great conversation with Jeff Lloyd from Locked on Browns. Uh, yesterday, uh, told us what we needed to do in order to win that football game, and we'll we'll reiterate that uh, keys and keys to the game uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the show. But um, you know, the, obviously, the big news uh, of the week: Justin Fields named the starting quarterback yesterday on Wednesday. As I said, I said you know today, just just now, uh, I said it yesterday when I was when I had a chance to talk to uh, Jeff Lloyd uh floored floored that Nagy would go ahead and do that especially since he spent sunday and monday dodging the question and then when he did answer it he would say he would not get into that for scheme whatever that means you know the gamesmanship nonsense and uh and whatnot it's like come on dude he's he's he he may have torn his acl and even if he hasn't he's not playing on sunday you know but you know, he couldn't answer the question if Justin Fields is healthy, or excuse me, if, if Andy Dalton is healthy, is he your starting quarterback? He wouldn't answer that. Or like, who is your starting quarterback if Justin Fields is, or if I keep getting, I keep always, I, it really started to piss me off now, as I was like, keep always saying the other guy's name when I mean the other guy. You know, if Justin, if Andy Dalton is healthy, who is your quarterback? You know, that's, uh, yeah, but he just, you dodged the question. And then out of nowhere, on Wednesday, um, and, and you knew it was going to be big news because with uh, with Nagy, he only has to talk to the media three days a week now. So I think he's doing like Monday, Monday and third Monday Thursday or Sunday Monday Thursday something uh, along those lines. And um, so that means that he doesn't talk to the press on Wednesday anymore. I learned this on the Hogan Johns uh, podcast, and here he was saying that Matt Nagy wanted to talk to the media on Wednesday. So you knew it was going to be big news, and it turned out to be uh, the inevitable news that Justin Fields was going to be our starting quarterback this week. Andy Dalton was out with the bone bruise in his knee. Thank God it was just a bone bruise, so we'll get him back at some point uh, this year. So Nick Foles is going to be our backup the next couple of weeks uh, while uh, Andy Dalton gets himself uh, sorted out. The thing that kind of has Bear fans iffy including this guy right here behind the microphone is Nagy's. Being so adamant about Andy Dalton being the starter when he's healthy, which basically is is sending the message that don't be surprised if we put Andy and Dalton back in the starting lineup when he's ready to go again. He's really, really sticking to quote unquote the plan, you know, because I just know and he's basically also saying it doesn't matter how Justin Fields plays. Uh, against the Browns, or maybe even next week at home against the Lions, uh, or anything like that, it doesn't matter because when Andy Dalton is healthy, Justin Fields goes back to the bench so he can learn some more. I'm not a fan of this. I, I think what what's done is done. You know, uh, Andy Dalton did what he could in his time as the quarterback, and the football gods saw fit that. Justin Fields needed to be out there and uh, you know, everything went down the way it went down. And I think that the future is now. The train is leaving the station. Everybody get aboard. It's Justin Fields' job from here on out. So yeah, I I just worry about what's actually going to happen when Andy Dalton is healthy again. Will 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 he still he's gotta be the most stubborn coach we have, right? It's I mean, it's or, or maybe it's just because of it's you know the, the the amount of exposure that the coaches have now and social media and and all that kind of stuff. But I just it's just it's so stubborn of him and ignorant, quite frankly, if he actually is going to do that because that's the message that he's sending us now. It does not matter how well Andy Dalton or see there I did it again, how well Justin Fields plays while Andy Dalton is out when he's healthy. Anthony Andy Dalton is our See, and I'm screwing up their names completely. Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback and um, you know, nobody will be happy if he actually sticks to that. No one's going to pat him on the back for sticking to his guns and, you know, sticking with the plan or, or anything like that. He will get roasted in the media, not just in Chicago, but everywhere. Because this has been a national story from moment one is if and when Justin Fields would take the field for the Chicago Bears. And everybody, every analyst, every expert, every ex-player uh, that is on television, ESPN, NFL Network, all in favor of, Of Justin Fields being the starter that he should have been playing from day one as a matter of fact the only person that I have heard not in favor of Justin Fields playing now was actually tonight right before the start of the Texans Panthers Thursday night game Steve Smith uh, said that he didn't want Justin Fields out there let Andy Dalton go out there and take the beatings and you know who he sounded like me. He sounded like me four years ago when it was Mike Glennon or Mitch Trubisky and I was adamant that I did not want Mitch Trubisky out there because we had no offensive weapons, nobody for him to throw to. Jordan Howard was our entire offense. Let Mike Glennon, who'd played on terrible Buccaneers teams uh, for all of his career, take his lumps. He's used to it. He knows what it's like to play on a bad football team and how to navigate the waters of getting through that. We don't want Trubisky out there getting ruined and all that kind of stuff. It's exactly what Steve Smith was saying, but he was limiting into our offensive line. He does not like our offensive line, and I think we as bear fans can agree that about half the time he's absolutely right, they're, they're terrible, and they're going to get him killed. But at the other times, you know, the offensive line does great. It's just their, their inconsistency is what the real problem is. It's not that they're a bad offensive line, It's that they're a, a poorly consist, incons- they're a, an inconsistent one. They can never really figure out who they want to be because when they're good, they're great. And when they're bad, they're horrible. And they, we just need someone there and them to find some kind of happy medium there, you know, in the middle. And I it's like, I would, I would be happy with a decent uh, offensive line. And instead it's uh it's Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde is what we get from them. So uh, on one play they're you know, they're, they get torn through like, uh, you know, when football players run through the, the construction paper on homecoming uh, night, or whatever, and then the next minute they're uh, you know, they're the Great Wall of China. Nothing's getting through, so I don't know. But that's going to be a big factor in the football game uh, on Sunday uh, against the Browns, but uh, it's uh, at least for this week and maybe a week or two after, uh, it's Justin Fields' uh, team, it's Justin Fields' huddle, and it's Justin Fields' offense, and uh, I'm very excited to see what he's going to be able to do. This is a very good test for him uh, on Sunday. It's not going to be an easy one like it would have been next week or that we think it would be next week against the, uh, lions. It's, uh, I mean, the, the Browns are going to have something to say when it comes to the AFC and they may end up end representing the AFC who knows, uh, they're a good football team. I like them a lot. So it's going to be a good test to be on the road in a hostile environment. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious to see how he's going to respond, uh, to all of that. So it's Justin Fields world. Now we're just living in it. Uh, in other news, um, you know, the the amazing uh, pick six that Roquan had in the game against the Bengals. Uh, he runs into the end zone, makes eye contact with a fan, and tosses him the ball, not knowing that in that moment or realizing in the moment that was his first pick six, that was his first touchdown, I think they said, since high school. And he goes off celebrating with his fans, and when they asked him about it afterwards, uh, he he said that, you know, I, I kind of regret Doing that, you know, it was like in the moment it seemed like the right thing to do. I probably made that fan's year uh, or what have you. It gets back to the fan and he ends up uh, like through one channel or another contacting the team to let him know he'll happily give the ball back to Roquan. You know, it is a, it you know, it's his first Pick six, you know that, and and, uh, and he's got a very high opinion of Roquan. That I'll give it back to him, and then one day he can give it to the NFL when he goes into the Hall of Fame, uh, kind of thing. Which I thought was a cool thing for him to say, but um, so they they uh, arranged for him to return the ball uh, to Roquan. He went to Hallis Hall uh, yesterday uh, on Wednesday, and, and I saw someone had uh, retweeted his post after he got a chance to. I think virtually meet with Roquan because COVID protocols wouldn't allow them to meet face-to-face, uh, unfortunately. But uh, he got a set of gloves, maybe the gloves that he was wearing when he made the pick. He got a, another football, and he got a signed jersey from, uh, from Roquan. Uh, so he walked away with a, uh, a nice, uh, some, nice, some nice swag there. And he, he did end up with a football, just not the one that Roquan ran in for a touchdown against the Bengals to uh, open things wide, up for, wide open for us. Uh, In that ball game. So that was a really cool thing that, uh, you know, the fan went ahead and returned uh, the football. I think I would have done the same thing. I, I, but I would have been more about not just some, uh, because I'm a selfish bastard, but, you know, I would have been like, absolutely. If, can I trade it for another ball? You know, maybe one that he can sign for me or, or something like that. I'll be happily. It would never be a matter of, you know, will I give the ball back? Absolutely. But I would ask for something in return. And, um, he got a jersey, he got a set of gloves, he got another football. So, yeah, more than I would have bargained for. I would have just wanted another football. But uh he got the he got the ball, he got the jersey, he got the gloves. I don't know if there was anything else I don't remember, but I think that was it. But very cool of that fan to uh happily give the football back uh to Roquan and uh Roquan and his first NFL pick six ball have been reunited. So, um but speaking of uh linebackers, uh some sad news today. I think it was today. Josh Josh Woods, who was uh, who was on an active roster the last two years, but was on the practice squad uh, currently, was signed away uh, today by the Detroit Lions of all people. So they signed him to their active roster, and uh, so we lost Josh Woods off the practice squad. The Bears have signed linebacker Rashad Smith to fill uh, his practice squad spot, and um, with the emergence of of Alec Ogletree, we signed Christian. Uh, Jones back from the Lions of all teams. Um, he really did kind of end up being the odd man out uh, and everything. So unfortunately we lose uh, Josh Woods. He's off to uh, you know, he's going to be on the active roster uh, for the uh, Lions. So maybe we'll see him uh, next weekend when the Lions come to Soldier Field uh, to play the Bears and uh, wish him the best. You know, he uh, he didn't really get a chance to to do much. He was a good special teamer for us, I'm pretty sure of that. So, But uh, we ended up losing him, and he's going off to Detroit to be uh, to be a player for the Lions. So knock on wood that he does well there, except for next Sunday, of course. Um, and uh, in other news, uh, Robert Quinn was, uh, after the fact, awarded a second sack against the Bengals on Sunday. I'm sure every single Bear fan will know uh, the moment that he got that uh, second sack because it was... The play that uh, resulted in him uh, throwing a shoulder into Joe Burrow, knocking him down and giving the Bengals a free set of downs uh, after getting them off the field on like third and 18. Joe Burrow ran out of bounds short of the line of scrimmage, which is technically a sack. So they gave it to Robert Quinn because he was the one that forced Burrow out of bounds, but uh, you know, then he went full-blown dumbass and bumped into him, knocked him down, and gave the uh, third and 19, or fourth and 19 Bengals a first down that they did not earn. But the silver lining there, Robert Quinn now officially had two sacks in the game against the Bengals, giving him two and a half for the season so far. He had half a sack that he shared with Akeem Hicks against the Rams, two sacks on Sunday for uh, the Bengals game, which gives him two and a half for the year, which is half a sack more than he had all of 2020. So he's already on pace to, uh, to do, uh, let's see, two and a half times eight is 20. So he's on pace for 20 sacks right now. He had two and a half in the first, well, oh, actually that's with the 16 game schedule. So it'd be more than 20, let's say 21 and a half, who knows. So he'd be nipping at the heels of the NFL record if he keeps up this pace. Uh, but in, uh, in other roster news, uh, Mario Edwards returns from his two-game suspension for uh PED violation. Uh, the Bears had some kind of uh, roster exemption where they only went into the game with the Bengals with 52 uh, players on the active roster after I forget who it was that they put on – I think it was like when Larry Baram went on injured reserve they didn't add anybody else to the roster, so the Bears technically only had 52 active players um, on, on on Sunday against the uh, the Bengals, and um, so Mario Edwards fills that spot to be the 53rd. The reason I mention that is that there was no co- corresponding roster move that had to be made to make room uh, for Mario Edwards, but uh, so he's back on the on the roster for the Bears. He will be playing on Sunday. Or or you hope he will you know hope he's hopefully he stayed in shape and he's good to go and um you know he'll play on Sunday against the Browns it would be like a rich getting the rich getting richer as far as our defensive line which has been very good so far in the first couple of games uh, and we're gonna need him for sure on Sunday to uh, slow down Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt in the uh, in the running game and and help us add to the Mario Edwards is a good pass rusher to help add to that pass rush to get after. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, on Sunday. And then uh, the other guy that we're looking forward to having back on Sunday, uh, let's uh, jump into our injury report, is, of course, Eddie Goldman. And as I mentioned yesterday, he was limited on Wednesday, limited again today on Thursday. So remember last week, he was limited on Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. He did also not practice on Friday, didn't play again against the – Bengals on Sunday. So hopefully the fact that he was practicing two days in a row is a good sign and that we can look forward to him being in there. The, actually, the most concerning thing on this injury list is Tashawn Gibson. Uh, he was limited on Wednesday, did not practice today on Thursday with a hamstring injury. Now, granted, Tashawn Gibson hasn't exactly been lighting up the world for us uh, this year uh, in this young season. But uh, you know our secondary is uh, already not as good as we need for it to be to begin with, and now we're going to take our second best safety uh, off the field. It's looking like anyway, uh, unless he can have some kind of dramatic recovery in the next couple of days. Looks like we might be without Deshaun Gibson, but it also could be a blessing in disguise if Deion Bush or uh, Andre Houston Carson or DeAndre excuse me Houston Carson uh, step up and play well in his absence maybe that'll be something that takes care of itself uh, with this Tashawn Gibson uh, injury. But kind of concerning that, uh, you know, for a secondary that's um, basically our weak point on defense right now, to lose somebody that's important to that secondary is, is not a good sign. Uh, another injury news, uh, Jeremiah Tashu uh, was out of practice yesterday with a knee, uh, excuse me, hamstring limited today. So it looks like he's getting better um marquise goodwin was out with an ankle injury on wednesday was full go today so i guess we're all good to go there akeem hicks hasn't practiced yet this week he's been actually been posting on twitter uh, about being sick like asking fans for home remedies and everything um so i think it's just like a you know like a chest cold or whatever because he was talking about how you know he's uh, wheezing like he's not breathing you know he's congested so hopefully he'll find a way to play through that but they don't want it's not COVID, thank God, and, um, you know, obviously don't want him spreading that uh, around because that can definitely level a football team of, uh, you know, one guy passes his cold on to the next uh, kind of thing. And then uh, Darna Mooney's got a new injury that he's dealing with. Uh, week one and week two uh, against the Rams and the Bengals, he was limited in practice with a back injury. Now he's been limited both days this week with a groin injury, so... Like I said, I said last year when he got hurt against the Packers, I really do wish that Darnell Mooney was about twenty pounds heavier than he is. You know, like I really do think that that smaller frame uh, of his is, uh, you know, going to be his going to be his downfall in the NFL because uh, he's got the heart of a guy that weighs a hundred pounds more than him. You see the way that he, you know, dives for first downs and and things like that. He just has the he doesn't really have the body to to follow his heart, and uh, you know he he does a lot with what he's got. But uh, I think one of these days, trying to be tough will uh, will end up getting him in a, in a bad spot. But um, anyway, and, and then obviously Andy Dalton hasn't practiced with the bone bruise uh, in his knee. So that's all we got uh, with the injury report. Let's take a quick break. And then we'll come back with keys to the game and wrap this thing up. (laughs) This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android App Store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you my loyal audience so be sure and download the spotify green room app wherever you get your apps (coughs) and real quick guys before we move on to the keys to the game just wanted to uh, mention uh yesterday on the spotify green room show i want to apologize i uh, i mentioned this uh in the preview uh, episode yesterday on before i talked with jeff um whenever when, when spotify took over the locker room uh, app we, we lost the desktop interface where that, that would allow me to have my guest log in to the to the website and then the conversation would be fed through the app for all to hear and um you know like i said we lost that interface when they switched when when spotify bought it out so i was trying to use my super fancy roadcaster pro mixer Um, that I used for the show because I was able to Bluetooth my phone into the board. And I thought that the board would speak to the phone as far as delivering Jeff's side of the conversation. So anyone who was listening to the Spotify green room last night for the first 20 minutes heard something like, you know, Hey Jeff, welcome to the show. It's great to have you, you know, uh, you know, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday between the bears and the Browns? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, okay, because they weren't picking up Jeff at all. I mean, nothing, because it it started, and at first I was Bluetoothing the phone into the board, and when I saw that it wasn't working, I hardwired the phone into the board, still nothing, so I ended up having to cut the Spotify green room short because my listeners were just going to be listening to me essentially talk to myself uh, for an hour. So uh, for anyone who was listening uh, on Wednesday night, I apologize. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find out if, if maybe that new interface is there and they just haven't told me uh, about it uh, before I ever try to have a guest on the uh, show uh, again. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and uh, see what happens with that. But um, anyway, let's move on to keys to the game for Sunday's matchup between the Bears Uh, And the Browns. And, uh, you know, one of the important ones, just like Jeff Lloyd said, because I've actually seen this um, reiterated a couple of times uh, across several different uh, writers and whatnot uh, today, is to get the Browns behind the chains. And basically, that's if we can manage to keep the running game with Kareem Hunt and and, uh, more importantly, Nick Chubb uh, under control and keep the Browns out of these third and short situations. If we force force them into third and eight, third and nine uh, type situations, that works heavily in the Bears' favor. They can pin their ears back on third down and come after uh, Baker. It will force the Browns to pass the football. Not that they have a weakness there, but you know, third down conversions are not easy to come by, especially when it's a third and long uh, situation. And the statistics show, that when you get the Browns behind the chains like that, that, uh, you know, like most teams, they don't convert very much on those third and eight plus type situations. So that's something that as a defense, we're really going to want to buckle down on that running game and be as stingy as possible. We only allowed 69 yards rushing against the Rams. I think we only collectively allowed about maybe 80 something uh, against the um, Bengals uh, on Sunday. So I know it'd be a much heavier task with uh, with Nick Chubb out there. I mean, he had 95 yards on 11 carries against the uh, Texans uh, on Sunday. Much harder thing to to do, but um, something that would be necessary in order to have success against this Browns team uh, on Sunday. Uh, key number two: we want to get the tight ends involved. Uh, one one target, and I think, and I think. It's uh, it's it we actually are only we would only have two targets uh, if the uh, pass to Cole Komet uh, wasn't wiped out by that stupid pass interference penalty uh, on Sunday. But if you go back and you look at uh, Justin Fields throwing chart uh, on Sunday against the Bengals, all the passes were to the outside from the hash marks out aside from, of course, the uh, the interception that uh, Justin Fields threw. Uh, in the fourth quarter that was literally like one of only two attempts that Justin Fields made to the middle uh, of the field the one with was Cole Komet and the other one was the interception where he was trying to hit Marquise Goodwin and the linebacker just he just made a great play He, he came in he took like two good steps in and then dropped back Fields didn't see him throws the pick and what happens happens uh there but um You know, get the tight ends involved. Get Cole Komet involved. Let's, you know, see if we can't eat up the middle of the field uh, on the Browns and, uh, you know, keep the offense uh, moving. Now, speaking of which, with like the interception, we have to eliminate mistakes. Not not minimize them, eliminate them. The Browns are a good football team, and they are good enough to make us pay for our mistakes the same way that the Rams did uh, week one. We have the you know those coverage gaffes against the Rams. It's a thirty-four to fourteen ball game when you know the other X amount of plays minus those two really did justify a twenty to fourteen victory by the Rams. Uh, you know, not a thirty-four to fourteen apparent thrashing uh, is what the scoreboard uh, showed us. So um, we want to eliminate the mistakes. It's like stupid penalties will make a tough road for the Bears on Sunday even tougher. And when, you know, when you're the, for lack of a better term, inferior team on Sunday, you can't afford to let the other team, you can't, we can't give them any gifts. We can't. Uh, We need to have a game close to the one that we had against the Bengals. We're forcing them to make mistakes. We're taking advantage uh, of them and, 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 you know, and forcing them to play from behind, forcing them to play from behind the chains, as you mentioned a moment ago, uh, and taking advantage of that situation. Uh, there, so we can't have the the stupid taunting penalties like clapping over top uh, of somebody we can 't go giving them a nudge when they 're three yards out of bounds and uh, you know into the sidelines and, and, and whatnot, giving away free first downs and stuff like that. we can't afford to do that like at all. we, we can 't even have one of those things. we can't give the browns anything that they didn't earn on their own. So, we, we gave a few freebies to the Bengals, and thankfully, they aren't so good of a football team that they made us pay for those silly mistakes. I mean, they got a field goal out of the Robert Quinn uh, tackle or push or whatever. But, uh, you know, we, we, the, the Browns will make us pay worse than that. that. That could be the kind of juice that they need to spur ahead and, you know, start making big plays and, and make us really, really pay. Uh, for those mistakes, like I, I really think highly of this Browns football team. They should be two and zero. They should have beaten the Chiefs, uh, week one in Arrowhead, uh, and came up short. So um, this is not uh, this is not a, th- a team that we can afford to make mistakes uh, against. So we don't want to minimize the mistakes. We want to eliminate them entirely. A tall ask, especially for this football team, but one that needs to be uh, made nonetheless. And then one of the the, the last one that I want to th- bring up, we got to play smart, and we got to be disciplined, especially on the defensive side of the ball. With uh, with the way that the the Browns run the football, we don't want to be flying around out of control. And because Roquan did this so many times last year, for as good a season as he had last year, it could have been even more if he would have hit the holes under control instead he he let that speed uh you know overtake him and he would go overshoot and overshoot the gap or he would come in so hard and so heavy and so fast he would overrun uh the tackle how many times you know early early in the season because it didn't really happen much in the second half of the year but early on in the season I mean I'm thinking about that Tampa Bay game especially Roquan had him dead to rights in the backfield for like a four yard loss on like third and long. And after he spins out of Roquan's tackle attempt, he ends up running for, a, I think it was Ronald Jones that did it to him. He ends up running for uh, a first down with Nick Chubb, with Kareem Hunt. That's not something that we can afford to have happen uh, on Sunday. And speaking of the discipline we got to be disciplined in knowing our assignments, where we're supposed to be, so we can avoid these big play gaffes like we had against the Rams and that one play we had against Jamar Chase. Because as we've seen, we only scored 13 points as an offense on Sunday. We only scored uh, 14 as an offense against the Rams uh, week one. So we're not this big time explosive offense that can afford to make up any mistakes that, you know, if we give up some points, well, then we'll just put the offense out there and get them back. Even with all that we know Justin Fields is capable of and could be able to provide for this offense as a team right here, right now, we haven't proven that we're a team that can make up, uh, you know, that we can give away a free touchdown because the offense will just go out there and get it back. We're not at that point yet, so we can't afford to let those coverage gaffes happen uh, and make silly mistakes like that, these undisciplined things uh, in the secondary. We can't afford uh, to have that happen. And then, like I said, with the stupid penalties, um, you know, the Robert Quinn giving the nudge uh, on this on his way out of bounds that, that gave Burrow and company the fresh set of downs that led to the field goal uh, and things like that. We can't have... Uh, you know, Justin Fields rocking back for a false start penalty because he's expecting the football and Sam Mustafer won't snap it. You know, the, those are the things that we can't afford to to be giving away ground, you know, turning third and three into third and eight uh, and things like that. Turning first and goal at the six to first and goal at the 11. And then, you know, that's the that's a different page in the playbook uh, right there. So we just want to be disciplined, not perfect, but disciplined so that we can give ourselves a chance, because it's going to be hard enough beating the Browns without us beating ourselves in the process. Now, you've heard me say this both weeks uh, this week, and last week we were able to force more mistakes than we made, and that's why we won the game against the, uh, the Bengals. We ended up making fewer mistakes than the Bengals did, by quite a lot, actually. Four turnovers to our one Uh, in that ball game and uh, you know Justin Fields being a big part of that by uh, preventing that fumble when he got uh, strip sacked uh, in the third quarter third quarter yeah third quarter Uh, you know he got his arm brushed the ball comes out and you know a lot of quarterbacks would have just given up on the play after that but not Fields he jumps in there at the last moment just as the linebacker is going to scoop and score that thing he knocks the ball out of his hands and recovers it himself so um, you know, it was, he covered up one of his mistakes there, uh, unfortunately couldn't avoid the interception in the fourth quarter though. But, um, you know, and then the key to the game for us as a fan base, we gotta be patient. I know that we've been expecting or, you know, really looking forward to this moment, Justin Fields taking over, being our starting quarterback and, and being capable of things that our quarterbacks of the past have not been capable of, you know, we saw a taste of it on Sunday against the Bengals. With that, with like three outstanding throws that Justin Fields made that the receivers dropped, one to one to Mooney, I think. Um, I mean, and most importantly, that touchdown to Allen Robinson uh, in the end zone, hit him right in the bread basket, Did his best Javon's whims impersonation to let it go right through uh, his arms uh, and whatnot. We need to be patient. Justin Fields is still a rookie. He is learning the game. I feel like the learning curve for him won't be that steep. You know, it won't, uh, he'll have his struggles and he'll make his mistakes and he'll get him out of the way. But he also strikes me as the kind of guy that a has the confidence, the maturity and the aptitude, the smartness, the smarts to be able to not make a mistake the same way twice. You know, like, I don't think we're going to see him, uh, fall for the same trick that he fell for against the Bengals on Sunday that caused that near pick six, uh, you know, late in the uh, football game made the score far more interesting than it, uh, than it needed to be, so uh, I think Justin Fields will be fine um, in that regard. But we're gonna have to take some lumps. Uh, you know, you gotta walk before you can fly. And Justin Wing, Justin Field, uh, I don't think it has his wings just yet. You know, I think that he's well on his way. He's got them little cupid wings he doesn't have his big angel wings just let yet so he can soar and be fantastic and and whatnot but uh so i think that's going to be a key for us as a fan base is to be patient if he's not brilliant out of the gate so um you know he will be i have all the confidence in the world he'll he's going to be special for us like i've been saying from the moment that we drafted him there's just there's just something different about this kid there's a different vibe, a different aura around him completely, even I think it was Tariq Cohen or, or somebody else who, who said, David Montgomery, who said the same thing. He just got an aura about him. This is a guy that you want to be around. And if you guys heard me say uh, to Jeff Lloyd yesterday that uh, I do think that Justin Fields can help us build a better team um, because I, I think that he'll be somebody that other players want to play with. Play with like Tom Brady is. I mean, not that he's on that level. He may never be, but who knows? I'm just saying that there are certain quarterbacks that you would sign with a team just to be a part of and, you know, to be able to play with so and so. And I think Justin Fields can be that guy for the Bears. We haven't had a quarterback like that. And Allen Robinson did not come to Chicago over Green Bay because he preferred Mitch Trubisky to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know he was coming to play for Matt Nagy and be a part of that offense and you know bring man maybe it was that we ordered we gave him more money than the than the uh, Packers did but uh, you know if it was as far as if it came down to quarterbacks he made the wrong choice but I think that Justin Fields in the future can be that guy like I, my, the example that I gave uh, Jeff last night was you know Devontae Adams he's not talking extension with the with the Packers he's going to hit the free agent market unless they franchise him and I hope they don't do that because I'd love to have a chance to get our hands uh on Devontae Adams it's like you can let Allen Robinson go if we get Devontae Adams that won't be a hard uh that won't be a hard thing to to, to get over at all it's like oh it sucks that Allen Robinson's gone but we have the best receiver in football on our team now so yeah that one's gonna be a that will not be easy to get over but I think that's who he can be for us in the future. Hell, he may even be that guy by the end of this season. But early on, when he's playing in his first games, there's going to be some mistakes and and hopefully ones that uh, we can recover from or that we can uh, survive. So uh, just be patient and uh, enjoy the ride, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pretty great one with him as our starting quarterback. So. All right, guys, that is going to do it. That will do it for keys to the game. That would do it for the deep dive preview of the Bears Stock Underground for week number three as our Bears head out to Cleveland to take on the Browns uh, on Sunday. So, um, so yeah, be on the lookout for me on Monday with Bear Up and Bear Down. Then we have the deep dive review on Tuesday and close the book on week three before we have Jeremy Reisman from the Pride of Detroit back on the show to preview Bears Lions at home next Sunday, so come on back Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down and until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground